You're listening to Tech Talk Central. So, hello again. This is Vicky Colovo from Tech Talk Central, and I'll be interviewing Norbert Senyard. Oh, is that right, Norbert? Okay, I pronounced it right. So, I'm in the Northern Ireland booth here at Hall 8.1, and uh, I know Norbert a few years now from Mobile Monday. And I'll, I'll, I'll honestly say he's an amazing guy. And I just asked him, is there anything you don't know? So I'll leave it up to him to introduce himself, all the stuff he's doing. Um, he's an investor. He's a mobile Monday. He curated these guys coming here. So he's doing a lot of things. He's everywhere. Thank you, Vicky. Nice to see you again. <laughs> and uh, nice to come to our stand because um, often we are confused with Ireland <laughs> and we are Northern Ireland which is obviously um, on the same geographical island but we are uh, part of the UK and uh, that is actually a bit of a difference because um, there's a lot of trade always there's been a lot of trade between Northern Ireland and Belfast in particular and other cities like Liverpool Manchester and London of course we also have actually a lot of uh, young companies uh, that very quick go to what we call the GB market and uh, many of them end up being having an office in London as well either in Tech City or, or wherever really depending on the, the type of business they're in. So that was a nice start. You didn't say what to do. You will have to do that. But just because you picked up the topic, can you tell us what kind of startups you have with you? We have, um, actually we've written it on the, on the wall here. <laughs> Um, in the mobile space, because obviously we are at the Mobile World Congress, we have um, young companies and startups, and I make the difference uh, based on this uh, definition of what is a startup, what is a company. Startup being an organization that is still looking for a, a repeatable revenue model and hasn't found it yet, <laughs> so they, that's why they pivot so often. And then a, a young company would eventually have found that and then starts really putting in place its organization, its infrastructure to um, execute and, and monetize the, wh whatever they have. So the, um, in the mobile space, uh, also probably because of the history of Northern Ireland, we have a lot in security, mobile security. We have actually on the stand there, just behind me, uh, the Center for Security and IT which is part of Queen's University and they do uh, a lot in cyber security and including mobile as well. They've had most of the uh, European uh, spy agencies come <laughs> at the stand uh, this week. We would have also in commerce, so traditionally e-commerce platforms migrating now to mobile because this is where it's happening and this is where transactions or at least search search, finding products and transactions uh, increasingly are taking place. So to enable those transactions, we've got like here, Fern just behind me again, um, companies that uh, do um, solutions in payments, either in peer-to-peer uh, -peer payments or in um, uh, clearing payments. This company behind me, Fern, has been doing payment solutions for 36 years. Seriously? Yeah. What Since kind? 1979. So these guys exactly know uh, what, what it takes to... Um, and they, they do actually a lot of uh, 
most of their work is in emerging markets in Southeast Asia, in uh, Africa, in Latin America. They don't actually do Western Europe uh, can, uh, countries or markets. I, I wouldn't tell from the logo, though. I oh, know. This is also probably a, a trade of character of Northern Irish companies. They, they keep to themselves. They're not too good at marketing themselves. They are excellent in technology. Okay, so uh, just to clarify that because people can't see it, it's called Fern. F-E-R-N. It has a fern. Like you know, uh, like you find a lot in Ireland. Obviously. Here, the plan, so it's actually in Greece too, um, but it's masqueraded. Okay, so I like the thing about the security you said because I I did a lot of interviews that in, they're interested in security, the level, the layer below IOT. Okay, sensors, and it seems also a very hot topic, but mostly for enterprises. I've never come across right now any startup or young companies, you say, dealing with that. So the one you talked about, are they young, old, what? Oh, CISIT is um, is more a center. Like it's it's basically uh, belongs to uh, well, belongs. I think I think it belongs, or it's affiliated at least with Queen's University. Uh-huh. Uh, but they have um, a remit of um, um, monetizing uh, some of the inventions or innovations that come out of university labs. Um, but that brings me actually to one of my activities as an angel investor. I personally invest only in mobile platforms or only in mobile first. And, uh, Irish? Only Irish? And Northern Irish. At the moment, Northern Irish. It may evolve later, but at the moment, I'm trying to give a boost to uh, the innovation that, that is there in, in, in Belfast and, uh, and Derry, London Derry. Um, and one of them is called Sensum. And they have developed over the last two years the very first um, emotional response analytics platform, which now they've actually transformed into a wearable analytics Platform. They were the first European company to be on the Wearable World Accelerator last summer in San Francisco, which, which was a pilot. So just to show how far they are in the innovation space, they were on CNBC. I mean, they, they are now um, working with um, advertising agencies in, uh, in London to enable them, to enable the advertising agencies to do a lot of uh, product testing or um, advertisement spots, you know, a user test. Uh, and um, it's based basically on a series of algorithms that they have on their platform which analyzes physiological inputs into um, real-time insights that then marketers can use. Because uh, as Mobile technology has evolved, and I touch upon one of my other activities. I lecture in mobile marketing and mobile advertising in Dublin and London and, uh, with a, an institute that does a diploma and a postgrad diploma and a master's. And um, we always say to the students that only with technology have marketers been able to uh, do more and more on the mobile marketing and advertising side. Uh, when we launched messaging 15, 18 years ago, uh, we started uh, seeing um, information services coming, uh, mobile banking via SMS or USSD, and it was only enabled through that. 
Then came the accelerometer and GPS capabilities and browsing capabilities. So that developed context awareness, location awareness, uh, and the whole mobile commerce came, right? And now we, you can see at the show, it's uh, mobile advertising analytics, mobile commerce analytics, etc. Where are we going next? The next big thing. That is Before you go to the next thing, wait, I'll interrupt you. Are you going to exit from the startup? Ah, okay. So you, I want I want to know if you're exiting from Sensum or where, what stage is it? Oh no, no, uh, um, we're still early stage. I mean, that's we are like 18 months in, so um, there's probably another three or four years anyway. But I don't expect any exit below five years anyway. That's that's a cycle. Um, if we're lucky, <laughs> Net, Netflix is eight years old. And it looks like it's a new company. It's eight years old. It just shows, you know, YouTube just turned 10, you know. So it takes time. It takes time. So um, as, as a link to Sensum, but also a, a more global view of what will happen in the space of mobile marketing, the next big thing that is going to bring a new dimension, an additional dimension is sensors. With sensors, and you saw even last year with Samsung, launching the S5 and LG, launching um, their whatever it was. They all had sensors already uh, pre-built. We can analyze the mood. So an app could get the information when, some, when the user has opened the app and let's say requests something, engages with a brand through the app. At the, other, at the receiving end, at the brand's end, that brand, whoever it is, if it's a, a spe specific team or a marketing manager, could know in what mood the person who is starting to engage is. If that person is annoyed, or if that person is happy, or if that person is ready to spend money, or, or rather not. And uh, that is the next two years that's going to be exciting. So Sensum is, is going on that. That's great. Uh, I agree with you on sensors, although I'd say because I know a little bit about the retail sector and how fashion and shopping sort of works, I don't think uh, big retail chains or even small ones are ready to deal with data that will come out of sensors like the one you are describing. Um, it's a lot of data. They don't have teams to analyze this. And I've come across myself, companies telling me, I can't deal with how one person is feeling or what he really wants, which I believe is stupid. Obviously, probably the same, you're nodding. But um, there is, sensors come with data, and data comes with special scientists who know how to analyze it and make it so easy for these people that you described before to take decisions. Do you agree on that? Probably not anymore, because um, this is where artificial intelligence comes in. And um, you still have mathematicians who write the algorithm. You still have strategists who will work with the mathematicians to basically make sure that whatever algorithm is, is, is written uh, makes actually some sense. But uh, providing insights from a big amount of data, that is now automated pretty much. What you need, though, is to clean that data, make sure that, that data is, is cleaned. And we have actually a, another company in Northern Ireland called Datactics that does precisely that, cleans the data to make sure that the insights that are 
uh, or the predictive insights that are generated are not um, um, biased too much, or at least the, the level of bias can be controlled. Yeah, I was with um, another company that I did an interview just a few uh, today, and they were telling me that they get insights from refrigerators, and they get 30 million signals in some specific time about a year. So when they clean up that data, the signals, the correct ones, are 2 million. And then humans take over and sort of take it down to 1 million. But consider if you sent out people to fix that refrigerator, that are 30 million. I'm just giving us an example of what you're trying to say and how significant it is in economics term. So, my next question would be, okay, you are an angel investor, as you said, and but you're not only an angel investor, you're the right kind, I would say, because you're, you're always, you're in, in the field, you know what's going on. You're not just a person who obviously may have some money on the side and thought that IT is sexy and everybody's uh, investing in startups. We see those kind of people around. Um, what opportunities do you see um, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, and in the rest of um, of Europe? And uh, I, then I want you to reply to me. Uh, tell me, since you have knowledge from startups, how easy is it to have a startup in Northern Ireland? It's uh, very easy to start. Uh, the reason being that I think the UK government and to an extent the Northern Irish government are very generous. Uh, with grants, and I, I say grants, uh, not loans. You have, we have a, a, a few schemes. Uh, there's one called a proof of concept, where relatively easily you can get ten thousand pounds, so about twelve thousand euros, uh, for um, doing your market research before you even have your MPV, your minimum viable product. And then uh, progressing from that, if you can demonstrate that there is indeed a market you can really go after that is underserved and you think that you have the right ID uh, to go and serve that market, you could avail of another £40,000 or €50,000 basically of a, 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 a bigger proof of concept that would really pay for your MVP. And after that, um, you can go to that we have a very active um, angel investment group called Halo, of which I'm part, which is also connected to the one in Scotland, in the Republic of Ireland, in Cambridge. So we are really quite well connected and also via the European Business Angel Network, IBAN, uh, all over Europe. Uh, we actually, Halo organizes for Northern Irish um, startups uh, twice a year a pitch in London where they bring actually London investors, because there is definitely more money there, of, of course. Um, plus, you've got R&D grants from uh, an organization like Invest Northern Ireland. You get some grants for management uh, salaries in the first year up to a certain level. I don't need to be specific because that changes every year, but uh, you, you can really, um, on very, um, uh, very minimal personal input, in terms, uh, in terms of cash, of course, uh, get a company off the ground. Because the idea is that you should really use your skills, your talents, uh, and all the rest will be taken care of. Uh, all the rest in terms of uh, making sure you've got enough to rent a space. As a matter of fact, I just remember now we have 
next year a new creative um, co-working shared space which is going to be like enormous in the center of the old town of Belfast so it's um, there's um, a um, an express of interest going on at the moment so there's going to be that as well uh, we have also an accelerator called Propel I'm a mentor on it this year uh, because every year we have a new batch we've got 34 companies that have been selected out of like about 70 so one in two and they're gonna go it's like a, a mini business school so um, typical of um, the um, accelerators you would have around the world you get 20,000 pounds over the course of nine months that you uh, earn according to benchmarks that you had set with your mentors at the beginning and then after that off you go so the idea is that okay you get your proof of concept your 10k then you get your minimum viable product then eventually you go on to propel the accelerator by the time you finish you you've been going on for probably a year you have your product you know your market and you're ready to start selling and then you can come to halo pitch for 150 200 250 500k eventually you get it and off you go and from that in the last three years We've, we've put on orbit, I would say, about 30 startups that are still in existence. All Irish? All Northern Irish or foreigners? At the moment, yes. No, I mean, do you, does the accelerator accept foreign uh, startups? Um, as long as they establish in Northern Ireland, yes. Of course, yes. But you would need to be a Northern Irish registered company for that, yes. Okay, so uh, tell me about the opportunities. That was the first part of my question. What kind of ops do you... Well, let's, I'll rephrase it. If somebody has a good team and they want to be an entrepreneur and you would have to advise them... You know, they, let's say they decided to do another fitness application and you're bored, obviously, I am, of saying one more. And you would suggest to them, because they've got a powerful team, very well organized and what would you suggest that they is an opportunity in which field to work with well, I always answer because I've had that question often and um, I would I would never tell anyone don't go into this this is saturated because it's like saying to Mark Zuckerberg 10 years ago forget it there's my space you have no chance with Facebook and look where they are now so there's always a chance the big challenge and probably the most difficult for everyone I've been dealing with is that often they start with a product, a platform, a software, whatever you call it, it's a product. Can you really make this a business? That is the big challenge. Which means, can you really find loads and loads and loads of people around the world who want to buy it? and pay for it and not only test it for free because too many companies go into that oh yeah no we do a free trial for three months you can get 10,000 uh, trialists in three months doing that but how many will you get paying and that's where you really have a business at that moment yeah but don't forget there's a lot of startups in the states that uh, just have users and don't even monetize so if they're getting funding um, it, it makes sense to envy them well, that's, I guess, based on, the, uh, on the, the reality that in the digital ecosystem, there's only one winner per category. So it's like going to the horse races and, you know, you bet on a horse and you see what happens. But I don't know if you're familiar with the Zamver 
um, Zamweber brothers in Germany, three brothers. Um, I think they're called Zamweber, S-A-M-W-E-B-E-R. And basically what they do is they look at um, popular apps that actually monetize come on, coming out of uh, Silicon Valley and then they Germanize them and they make them for the German-speaking market, yes, yes. right? They and they are very successful. Yes. And I think they are really onto something. You could think of someone doing the same for, let's say, the, the French-speaking countries or the Spanish-speaking countries. It doesn't mean you don't have always to become the 10 billion dollar or euro corporation. You can actually have a very decent business like Globo. I was just at Globo recently because I bought some shares last week because I really believe in what they do. And, um, and, and, and grow in, you, you choose, you, you pick your fight and you, you grow maybe in Southeast Europe. And that may be just enough to be profitable, to be highly profitable, and maybe one day you, uh, you get the interest from a larger corporation that just needs to plug that part of the geography where they are not, or that part of the technology where they are not. Uh, and I think a lot of startups get it wrong in thinking that, well, uh, you know, either Microsoft, Yahoo, or Apple are going to buy us. It's probably not going to happen anyway. So try just to, uh, to focus on an area where you know there's not going to be anyone. It could be geographic or it could be in terms of, uh, of a specific uh, market. Uh, one of my investments, I go report, uh, goes after the building surveyors market. The building surveyors, you go like, why? Well, there's actually 21 million of them worldwide. And they all work more or less the same way. It's a bit like architects. It's quite standardized, this kind of work. Who would think of building surveyors? We're actually the only business with an iPad app, a cloud app, to go after them. And very quickly, we were, just to, to show how uh, popular it became, we were selected by the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors in the UK, which has 40,000 uh, members around the world. So you go to the RICS now as a building surveyor, you go, what, is there any app I could use uh, to do my, my job better, to improve my productivity. And they'll go, yeah, there's one. Let's go report. So these guys have carved out their niche. But it's, I can tell you, because I see the numbers at every board meeting, this is very profitable. It's very profitable. I agree with you, uh, especially going niche. And, uh, well, but to accuse the media now, I don't think we're that kind, but um, they seem to be chasing startups that have these sexy applications, B2C, that really do nothing. And you get a lot of articles about them. So that's what the young people see, and they think they should be following that. At least in Greece, that's what I see. I don't know your opinion. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. Um, but um, I don't only focus on young people. I focus on, on everyone. As a matter of fact... Uh, among my uh, my investees, uh, the CEOs range from the younger would be 30, and the older would be um, about 42. So that's actually you know the range. Uh, I'm, I'm probably more a B2B guy than a B2C. Uh, B2C, yes, I agree with you, Vicky. There's there's really a lot of, of competition, but again, it doesn't mean that. Uh, you cannot win, right? It doesn't mean that you cannot win. 
but it's it's going to take a lot of efforts. It's going to take the right connections and luck. And I think on that, actually, the Irish are quite are quite good. I'm yeah, sure. I think they're known for that. Um, what do you think the difference is? I'll tell you something. It's interesting to talk with you about it. I did two interviews with two startups. One from was from um, Los, Los Angeles. And they had 11 patterns and it's image searching. It has to do with image searching. Amazing. Um, the recognition is above 95%. Whatever you, with your mobile, it's, it's amazing. So they received 50 million in funding from the US. And then I did a Belgian uh, startup that has around nine patterns, um, AI, amazing stuff. I was blown away. And they received two million. Um, I know you can't really just compare it that simply, but it sort of in my mind shows the difference between how easy it is to find money in the States compared to Europe. Is it easy to find money in Europe? Is it worth it? Or should they just all move? You know, it's... Um, I like to rephrase that a little bit. Um, it's not necessarily easy to find money in the States, but when you do, you get more. But there's inc an increasing amount of competition in the States because actually all the would wannabe startups from around the world are going there because they know the money is there. But then because there's more asking for money, the pool is divided and the number getting investment as a percentage, I, I don't know exactly the number, but I, I, I would expect that it's quite similar to Europe. It's just then the amount of money they get. And I know that because I have a part in the Mobile Monday uh, Silicon Valley um, the, the Momentum VC fund. So I'm, I'm a, a partner in it. Uh, and I see the valuations and the amount of money they get is much higher than in Europe. It's just a numbers game. Okay, uh, somebody signaled something about the beer coming out here in the Northern Ireland Pavilion. So I'll have to wrap it up. Um, is, was there a question I didn't ask you and you would want to answer quickly? Well, um, I would, whoever is interested in this whole mobile ecosystem, the, the, uh, the big, big wave coming now is enterprise. Actually, that's where now I, I, I really um, invest because uh, consumers, we, we've been through the wave. Uh, everybody has about 70 apps on their smartphones. We're done. But the big wave is enterprise. Couldn't agree more with you. I've said in previous interviews, I did some amazing interviews actually with enterprises. That's the big shift this year. Mobile, I actually did with the CEO of Global 2 and I know they'll be uh, announcing a new product very, very soon. Norbert has put his money in there. So it was Norbert Sanyard here from the Northern Ireland booth at Hall 8.1. Great conversation. My Twitter handle is at Norbersanyar, N-O-R-B-E-R-T-S-A-G-N-A-R-D. Okay, you got to follow him, but the podcast will be online, so you will find more information about him along with a short bio. I don't know how we're going to keep it short, but we will try. Uh, this was Vicky Kolovo for Tech Talk Central. Thank you for listening to us. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.